Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And we're back with episode 101. Oh, it's tough to start that next 100, isn't it? I know it. Uphill. But we can do it. This week we're going to be talking about Double Dribble and Blades of Steel, two fine Konami sports titles. Or are they? We'll find out. But before we get into all that, uh, we got some news to go over. There's been a lot of news in the wild world of Amiga lately. Aaron, tell us what we've missed. We're going to run through it quick. Because we've been, we haven't really covered the news for a while now, so we're gonna just run through some of the stuff that's popped up in our, in our absence here. Um, let me get started with the Turrican orchestral selections. Uh, it was up on Kickstarter and it was successfully um, funded. And uh, I listened to some of these tracks and they sounded great. Uh, we like Chris Hulsbeck stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, this is the second time I think he's went to the Turrican uh, pot. And uh, so I was happy to see this get funded. Me and, too. Uh, we'll see how it, how it goes from there. I gave it a little a little nudge on the Google+. Plus and I still hum that, that tune that sounds kind of like the Van Halen. I love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the uh, Let's see. I think we talked. Did we talk about our... Uh, uh, we talked about our... our uh, Amigos Challenge for last time, I mm-hmm. believe. So we're we're looking for ideas for the next game. This is sort of like site business, but um, I had it up on G Plus. So if anybody up there has an idea what they'd like to see us go after in the next round, or maybe a round after that, shoot us over a line, and we're going to get something together. It's about time to fire it back up, and I've got to avenge my continual beatings. <laughs> um, a couple small notes. It's funny because this is I've had discussions with a couple people about this uh, Laurent Giroux in particular. Um, they have. There have been two new ports for the uh, uh, Amiga, and one rally gate is called Open Bore. Now, are you familiar with Open Bore? Sounds like a kind of gun. I, I say Bore stands for Beats of Rage, mm. and uh, I'm familiar with this from the original Xbox, where Beats of Rage uh, was. Is this like a fan project, Streets of Rage? It, it's sort of a uh, it's sort of a beat 'em up construction set. Okay. Um, people rip sprites from other games. Fighting games, any game you want, and they make beat 'em ups with it. It's really cool, and I've enjoyed it. I've played a lot of different ones that are a lot of fun, uh, and uh, they have ported it to the Amiga with a but. And the but is, <clears throat> you have to have at least a, uh, a, a 6840, an AGA, or a Vampire, and to play these. So the, getting on board with these things, no easy task. And even the uh, the the 040s not quite I would call the smoothest experience. Um, I talked to Giroux uh, about when these ports become I don't know how to phrase it if if they where they become sort of silly or not a real port. Um, 
if you have to have an if you have to have a uh, a vampire to play a game on the Amiga, what do you think? Is that an Amiga game you're playing, uh, uh, well, or is it, it something else? I think that if you if you're using a, a vampire, are you still using an Amiga? That is you know, the that's that's, 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 that's the is crux the, of the issue. That you're right. We've talked to this a couple times back in the day. We haven't covered a vampire that much. And I, I think part of the reason was I was gung ho on it at first, and and I still think it's a great project. Don't get me wrong, but um, and if if I had one, I would I would put it in, but. Um, it you know, does the, the, get to a point where you aren't playing with an Amiga anymore. You're playing with something else. Now, is this? Some say this is the natural progression from the Amiga. Like this is the next step in the evolutionary scale. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you're still using like the Paula and the Angus chip and all that stuff, right? Angus, and well, you're using some of that stuff. I'm not sure exactly what all you get uses or what all it doesn't. I'm, uh, the uh, but it's still. I mean, you're. The meat of your Amiga is, is not an Amiga. It's, mm-hmm. it's the vampire card. Now, uh, if this is the next evolutionary scale or this is the way forward, I could live with that, to be honest with you. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I, and I wonder, I know some of the Amiga, the well, new you, OS people are at can, odds you with can the vampire. See, you know, I don't, I don't fully agree with your analysis because there's like, we've been watching... You know this this video playthrough, yeah. and you know this looks okay to me. And this is not with a vampire. That's a sixty eight oh sixty. That the forty was a lot more choppy. If you look at the very beginning of the video, uh, the uh, the the forty. See that? I mean, there's a and you can see it's also it's also cloudier looking. I mean, it's playable. It Don't looks a whole lot like an Amiga game. You know, Amiga games aren't that smooth either. Well, I, but I mean, I'm just saying. I've, I've having played this before. Mm-hmm. I know what it's how it's supposed to run. Yeah, and I think that that's that's the big thing. Yeah. If you've played this, and if you really like Beats of Rage, and you played it on the Xbox or whatever, you probably wouldn't have a good experience with the stock. Sure. Uh, there were there's been a couple things that have popped out here recently. Another one was a, uh, and this is something else I wanted to cover for the news. Was someone ported? Someone did like almost like a uh, Metal Slug tribute game. I think it was called um, uh, yeah Mini Slug. And it's it's not a full game. It's like several levels. Um, <clears throat> this is another, and it looks good. I was very impressed with it. But uh, once again, this won't run on a stock Amiga. It it requires a vampire. And again, it's the same conversation. Uh, you know, is this where we're going? You know, it might be. You know, honestly, well, if you want to play a game like Metal Slug, it has to be where you're going. That's right. I mean, you're right. I mean, that's there's no way there there's no discussion on it really. Right. The only discussion is when you are out because it's not what you remember and not what you're nostalgic for, or not the way you want to see it go forward. I, you know, I mean, really, that's all you can say. I mean, if you look at, we're looking at a video of Mini Slug right now, which whoever did this, that I mean, it's, it looks good and the effects are nice and stuff. But I mean, it, you could never ever do this on a on a regular Amiga. You right. Know? It's not, right. It's not going to happen. And of course, we want to thank Indie Retro News for coverage of both of these stories. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the site to go to. Yes. Um, so. I will leave the uh, conclusion to be drawn by the listener or the watcher, but I haven't even made up my mind yet, to be honest with you. So, But those are out there. If you're interested in looking at them, they're, they're so linked here, up. Here's the way I look at it. If you paid big bucks for a vampire, mm-hmm. then you're going to want to see something, because, I mean, like, running an Amiga game with an Amiga with a vampire on it's not going to do you any good. You want to have some specialized software that you can only run since you put down big cash for this this card. You're, you're, you're right. I mean, it also improves things across the board for... 
you know, workbench and whatnot. But you're right. You're going to want to. You're going to want to. I mean, it also gives the ability to expand upwards. Right. No, nobody bought a vampire being like, man, I can't wait to run workbench on this. Now, thing. You never know what people buy things for. <laughs> That's true. But there uh, are probably a lot of people that said exactly that. Or man, I'm going to fire up scale. Hey, some people are. Well, I yeah. want to generate. You know, fractals mm-hmm. at an alarm you're right. rate. You you're right. Know. Um, one last time I wanted to touch on was uh, Cloanto uh, released the new version of Amiga Forever. Um, you want to touch on this a little bit since we talked about it? We're well. There's there's a lot of kind of you're, you kind of fall into two camps, I think, with Amiga Forever. Um, a lot of people like Amiga Forever because they don't have to mess with a lot of stuff. Uh, getting a working Amiga emulation setup that is dependable, that works the first time every time, is no easy feat. Even with our system, even with our setup, uh, still sometimes things don't work quite right. Um, Often. And, and we've got we've <laughs> got to go back and tweak things. For those people, it's worth it to them to pay Cloanto, you know, 20 bucks, and get this thing where you literally just point at a file. You can even point at a file in Windows Explorer now. That's one of the things that's changed with this release. Mm-hmm. And double-click it, and Amiga Forever will open it and take care of everything. Nice. Uh, this, you know, it's, we were fortunate enough to obtain a uh, press copy of uh, Amiga Forever, the newest edition, and so we'll be taking a more in-depth look at it here pretty soon. I'm excited. To, I haven't looked at uh, Amiga Forever for quite a while. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Hey, I, I like Easy as much as anybody. I mean, honestly. And the one thing that the there's the one caveat. And you learned this the hard way, right? Coming into Amiga with no background. I mean, you're just like, good luck, sucker. Mm-hmm. Thrown to the wolves. I mean, you have no idea what the hell's going on. Right. So if you could say, hey, like Bill, who never had an Amiga, who's like 20, who wants to see what's going on, put this in your computer, and it does everything for you. You play all the games. You know, a lot of people. Are nostalgic to go back and mess around in a workbench and and maybe run some of their old YouTube. But most people, most schleppy types, just want to go in there and play games mm-hmm. or look at the demos. I heard about this demo from way back mm-hmm. or, or something like that, and you know it's it's turnkey. So I mean that's the that's the plan anyway. We're gonna have a good hard look and we'll figure it out. So probably in a couple of weeks we'll have a have a good solid knowledge of what's going on as yeah. best as we can anyway. Yeah. But uh, that's I, oh, something else I should mention real quick to finish up the news. Uh, the company has really been kicking it up here recently. They've released a couple more games. In fact, it was at press time. I didn't get to even see what the games were. I just saw the headline flash by. But they've been they've been upgrading a lot of their stuff. And I also saw that they put out a new uh, new uh, release of, of Deluxe Paint as well a little while back. So they're doing utilities and games. They're doing everything. And so that's always handy. Again, if you're a, P, if a PC user just wants to have a, an Amiga experience without a lot of uh, configuring or any sort of Maloney, it's, the company, their releases are very much uh, do that for you so yeah give them up give them the high sign as well well you've got one more story here that oh you i did forgot not about cover. that one go ahead Bo. so this is something that uh that aaron found <clears throat> this is a, a an amiga a famous amiga game in the real world what lotus would look like if it was in set in real time this this actually came in a couple weeks ago and i was just bebopping around on youtube and this popped into my feet i'm like what the where did this come from <laughs> and also i was like oh this is kind of cool and it is uh, and <laughs> there's an identical car out there yeah. too, just like yours. <laughs> I wonder what city. Do we know what city this is? We don't know. We don't know. It's pretty pretty well done, though. I think. I mean, for the most part, I, I, uh, it's uh, they do a good job. I'm guessing. And I like the uh, I like the cover they did of the of the uh, song. It's Polish. Well, there you go. Yeah. 
they know where that's that's where all the that's where all the uh, all the good stuff comes from. Was that from Pixel Nation? Now they've done a couple other nice uh, things, as I recall. Mm. So, but this is another this is another clever one. Pixelnation.ppa.pl. I love that. Their website looks awesome. So, but. uh, we are we're going to get the news back in full swing. Like I said, we we took a couple weeks off because we were just j- our shows were just jam packed with so much stuff that we c- mm-hmm. couldn't even get to it. But we're we're back after one after we've got one hundred under our belt. We're back to getting the news out in a timely fashion. Yeah. What yeah. do you got, Bo? Well, we got some side updates this week. Uh, <clears throat> first on the docket is uh, Dreamcatcher reviews Blazing Thunder. <laughs> now, do you do you remember this one? I read that. Yes, I don't remember that game, but I, I, it amused me. Yeah, uh, including the <laughs> including the Shambo's hair there, <laughs> the uh, fake Rambo. Uh, I I'd not heard of this one, but I, I'm actually interested in trying it. I, it looks like a really interesting. It looks game. almost like a PC game to me in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. The way the you know the coloring and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So um, check that out on the site. Also, uh, Neil has released the episode 100 special Kickstart episode eight, or I mean issue eight. I think you've got a, a, um, a game. You got a bit in this, as I recall. Yeah, I wrote a little article on this one, and uh, you can go over to everythingamiga.com and download it. It's chock full. I think this is his largest issue the, yet. The, the, if for any reason, I mean, there are plenty of reasons to pick this up. But at the end of it, he goes through all of our games and puts this ridiculous. Did you look at the end? It's a huge, ridiculous like, check it section. Out. Yeah. So all of the all of our different episodes. It's I mean, yeah. This the amount of work that went into this. I can't this I can't is, thank you all for, for devoting the time it took. This is like I don't care if you've never heard of our show. You should go get this. Right. Just to have it handy. I mean, it's awesome. It's an awesome thing to have it on hand. There's also an interview in here with Ravi from the Retro Hour. It's got both the guys. Oh, it's got both the guys. Oh, yeah, Dan and Ravi are in here. And uh, so if you're a big fan of the Retro Hour, and really, if you don't know what the Retro Hour is, you should stop listening to this podcast and listen to the Retro Hour. And the interview is pretty in-depth. I mean, he he gets a lot of the good stuff. The Amiga Walkers in there, which are the pictures that I, that's always a goofy look. I remember when that came out, we were all appalled. It's like, <laughs> what in God's name is that? It was a horrible. It didn't. I never saw the light of day. I don't think they had like two of them made. Well, it's probably for the best. What a dis- look at that! Yeah. What a disaster! <laughs> so make sure you check that out. Oh man, it's, it's lots of good stuff. Yeah, this, yeah. this is this sixty-six is pages. Yeah, this this I couldn't even like I said. I, I read the magazine. I'm like, man, that was really good. Then I saw the end. I was like, holy crap! <laughs> you know. So yeah, grab that one immediately. Yeah. And then finally, another Neil article, uh, Bit Generation Part 4, The Birth of 16-Bit Gaming. So this is where he talks about the Turbo Graphics, the Genesis. Let's see the, how many of these I have. I've got, I've got Turbo Graphics. The PC, oh, that's the same, same thing. thing. I, mean, I don't have all these. Look at oh, all these so iterations. The, yeah, this is... This is. The Turbo Graphics are like 300. I did. It's crazy. Uh, Genesis, okay, I got one of those. Yeah. I've got the 32X. I don't have the CD, I'm mm. afraid. I'm, I'm not that crazy. What else you got on here? He's got the. Uh, it's there's more, more of those. There's, there's, crazy he's got ones. so much content. It's uh, the the Neo, Neo Geo. Geo. Boy, I wish. Yeah. yeah. No, no chance of that ever Neo coming Geo out. CD. Like, there's a million of those too. Yeah. So um, we're, we can't go through the Super Nintendo, but it just goes on and on. And the, I'm telling you, Neil, he's really done a great job with I mean, this. Th- th- I mean, series. this. <laughs> that's a long article, and that's just one of the four. I mean, it's it's very in depth. Yeah, and I know a few things about these consoles. I mean, he's I don't know where he digs some of the stuff up. I mean, I, I knew a lot about. I thought I knew a lot about the 
like the PC Engine. I know Jack Squat. I mean, mm-hmm. compared to what he's got in there, so it's great. And I don't know if we talked about this last week or not, but uh, you did some upgrading of the Amiga 500, our house Amiga 500. I've had a good time uh, messing with that sucker. What a damn handsome man. <laughs> um, gosh, have we not talked about this? I took the Amiga and I said, let's let's kick it up a notch. We you can see this is, this, this is the inner bowels of Amigo's yeah. labs in here. Yeah, oh yeah. That, mm-hmm. that, I stuck the GoTech in. And then I thought, you know what? Let's get real crazy. And I ordered. Oh, I know we haven't talked about this. So I want to plug them. So we ordered something from uh, Amiga on the Lake. Mm-hmm. Okay. What and did we order from? Amiga we ordered on the Lake? Uh, Kickstart three one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Roms. Roms. Rom. In this case, a single Rom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I believe I paid fifteen bucks, something like that, and shipped. I think it was like fifteen, sixteen bucks. And I got this thing in two days. They. And I didn't request this. They just did it. I don't know if it was... I just assumed that's just the way they operate, but they they, they two-day shipped it at the cost of, like, eight bucks. So I ended up... You know, I got the ROM for, like, you know, they only made five or six bucks off the off, off the top. And But this thing came in well-packaged, and I stuck the ROM right in, and it worked fine. Once I, re, once I figured out that I had to have our memory expansion on the side, because we've only got 512 in this thing, and... To have three one running, apparently you need at least one meg of memory. But uh, I got to give them a lot of credit. They really, uh, you know, hey, this is our first experience of dealing with those guys. And uh, man, and I'll have to say, I was a little worried after I read that weird, um, that weird article or read their front ta- front end here on where they were talking about how they were going to not work with Amiga Kit anymore. And I don't know what's going on with that. That's sort of been the talk of the net to a certain degree everywhere. You know, but. Um, Dang, this is the only guys we've got in the whole country that mm-hmm. I know of that's selling Amiga stuff like this and doing mail order. And my first experience was was tippity top. Uh, if if these guys operate like this full time, they're going to be a, a go to place. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I, they don't stock uh, the older stuff, which we are more, which obviously that's the center of our show. But you know, they do have some of it. Uh, they also have the uh, like uh, compact flash. Uh, for sale, they don't have the interface yet, but it's coming. I was almost ordered that there too, but they didn't have it. wasn't It wasn't there yet. But uh, I'm hoping these guys really get a good foothold and take off. And hopefully, one of these days we'll get to talk to one of these fellas and get them on the show. But you know, first impression, very good. But anyway, we, the the House Amiga has the new uh, kickstarts in it, and now all I've got to do is figure out how to get my Compact Flash to IDE doodad to work with the Data Flyer Express. That reminds me, any of you listeners or viewers out there that have experience with the Data Flyer Express with the SCSI and IDE ports in it, or have manuals or software for it, send us over a note, and you will get a very special Amigos prize for me personally for helping me out because I'm having some trouble and I can't find any documentation on Data Flyer Express. There you go. All right. Well, it's time to move on to our games of the week. Games of the week. The Konami <laughs> Double Play. Yeah. So, um... What do you want to start with? Let's go with Blades of Steel to okay. start off with. So we looked at two, you know, a couple uh, couple of shows ago, we looked at a couple Sega, um, you know, main mainline games. We looked at the Golden Axe and Octor Beast. So we thought, well, let's give Konami a shot. Konami did, uh, they had a few games on the Amiga. Uh, they had, uh, <clears throat> amongst them were... Uh, Castlevania, right? And I believe you did Amiga's play on that Castlevania for the Amiga. Uh, Impossible Mission 2, 
was developed by the same guys that developed this. I'm trying to think whatever Konami games. We had Double Dribble. We had Blades of Steel. I'm not sure what other games in Castlevania. Since I'm, there's one more I'm missing. Oh, Super Contra, Super C's on here, too. Mm. Um, so Blades of Steel came out in 90. Obviously, it came out in the arcade. I think it was in 86, I believe. Uh, but it came out on, on the Amiga in 90 on one disc. Uh, it was developed by an outfit called Novo Trade. Now... Just to give you a little background, because I was like, who the heck's Novo Trade? I looked into them, and they actually were around until a few years ago. But they changed they changed their name. So, um, let me dig it up here. So, they eventually, among other things, they were known for developing Echo. The Dolphin? That's right. That's hmm. the very same. Interesting. You know, and uh, they, they ended up getting... Uh, going out in 2001 I think it was or 2006 but here's the funny thing their last game was a game based on Jaws <laughs> that's why I wanted to mention it since we, wow. just, since, since we just did it since Jaws was just <laughs> but it wasn't the Amiga port of Jaws no though. absolutely not it was not but I thought that was kind of funny that they, they did a game that was <laughs> that, that, that sent them out, the, out sent them out the door uh, I mean, they did a. I'm looking at the list of stuff they did. I'm trying to think what we would have heard of. They did some power. They did a lot of early movie license games. They did uh, another game. They did was Airball. Remember that? Um, they did that one on the NES. Um, they did. Um, I know they did Exo Squad, which is a game that wasn't that great, but it was based on a cartoon that I really love. So you can see they had a long. They had a long list of stuff on here that they did translations for, but they're gone. So, what is Blades of Steel? It's hockey, pure and simple. In fact, in Japan, I believe this is called Konami Hockey. Mm. Pretty simple. Um, you, uh, it's an ice hockey game. The uh, the teams are all fictional. There were no licenses really at this point. Not not here anyway. There, I'm sure someone was getting. They, it's not that they're. It's not that they're fictional. Because they don't really even have mascots. Right. They're just choosing a city. Right, right, it's, right. It's, it's even worse than Double Dribble, where at least you get an icon with a theme. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can uh, you can play one or two players. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's pretty much as simple as it gets, really. Um, but the game has a lot of panache, that's for sure. Uh, in the arcade, this is obviously based on an arcade port. Both these are. The The game had... Um, was a... Was a we were surprised to know this. It was a vertical game, mm -hmm. right? And it had a lot of sound, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and by vertical game, we don't mean that the machine was vertical because all arcade machines are vertical. The, the screen was <laughs> oriented more like Pac-Man than... than, uh, than right. It was Big Dog. Up and, it was, no, Big Dog it was taller too. than it was wide. Right. How about that? Um, <clears throat> the, uh, the game had a lot of speech. It had a lot of... Uh, Ambient noise. Yeah, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, not as much as double dribble, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but it, basically, you take control of your hockey team. Uh, you put in your initials. You uh, you get out there and you play hockey. I mean, mm -hmm. there's not that much to it. It's pretty uh, by today's standards of hockey. It's it's pretty basic. But I found it to play a pretty decent game of hockey uh, when I played it at home. And then I, as Boat handed me my butt repeatedly over and over at it. I, I thought it was I didn't like it as much. <laughs> One thing the puck is so, sort of huge; it's like oversized, which is that which is good, so you can see what's going on. Mm -hmm. But one thing this does, and this is going to sound, this is going to sound quaint or whatever by today's standards. But one thing that this does is it looked and played like actual hockey. 
I mean, it looks like hockey. You've got all the lines there. You've got all the walls there. You And this is coming from a time where games often just didn't look like... I mean, well, let's use uh, Larry Bird versus Dr. J as an example. And, we, and you like that game, mm-hmm. and I like it too. But, I mean, it's two weird kind of pipe cleaner limbed <laughs> creatures... In a black yeah. background. Now, this game is also about, you know, six or seven years That's newer. That's true. But even still, these yeah. games weren't as attractive yeah, as this. especially sports games. You know, sports games where it was difficult to find a good playing or adequate playing even sports game that looked as good as Blades of Steel. That's right. Um, you, get, you get to choose from eight teams in this. Uh, you've got four Canadian teams and four from the U.S. You've got Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, and Edmonton. Then you've got New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, and Minnesota, and their their jerseys are a random color. I don't think they're really the jerseys they do with the actual teams that played there. Um, the uh, this game also featured uh, a fights, which mm-hmm. is cool. Uh, I don't know if that ever had been in any hockey game before this one. I can't I, think of you know like. Can you think of any hockey games before Blades of Steel? That actually resembled hockey that wasn't like in television hockey. I'm trying to think if EA had any sports games like this before this. Because I, I mean, like the NES ice hockey came out before this, and that was a, uh, it was it totally all the players were really squat guys. It it actually played pretty well, but it, the, the players didn't look realistic like they look here. We really have to differentiate. We should take a step back for a moment. When we say that Blades of Steel was one of the first hockey games, one of the first good looking sports games. We mean the arcade version. Mm-hmm. Uh, this came out on the Amiga in, uh, I believe it was in 1990. And so, and by 90, the playing field had changed. There was no other stuff intended. going on, for sure. And we'll get into more of that when we get to Double Dribble. But the one thing that probably hampered this game when it made the, when it got ported, and I would say the port is, pr- is pretty good. Well, I mean, for the most part, it obviously it's wider. It's probably a little more visually pleasing in terms of the play field but it's uh, you know the obviously the arcade had better sound and it had better uh, uh you know it looked better and sharper but it still was it was it was the amiga versus pretty pretty good yeah. you know so if you're watching at home right now I've just switched over to the arcade version of blades of steel and aside from the crowd being much much better. Yeah. Um, the 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 sprite size and the, the the speed of the action is pretty close. It looks like if you've ever played John Elway uh, football, the, see how they've got that kind of outlining look to the characters. That's the way sort of the way that is, and it's mm. it's just a uh, it's just that style of art, but it works. You know, mm. it works. It works okay. Um, you've got you've got your buttons. Basically, you've got your pass, your your shoot. Uh, and, and you're kind of move fast on on this one. You kind of there's a button that's basically it's like I don't know turbo. Right. So that's in the arcade version. In the right. Amiga that's version, what I mean. Of in the Amiga version, you have to translate those buttons over. The funny thing is, and we'll get to this later in, in Double Dribble, but hockey, I, I was able to play that on both pretty well. I mean, the, the Amiga version. It's funny that these sports games train the button thing translates pretty well to one button. Well, there's usually only two things you can do: you can pass or you can shoot. Right, but I'm saying, so. I mean, and and really, it, but it works. It's not hard. Like I wasn't shooting when I meant to pass. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Um, so I thought the translation went well. The problem is, like I said, having this thing having came out in '90 or in in the arcades in like '86, and you've got four years past, and they poured it over. It just everything had caught up, and I remember seeing this for the first time back in the day, and just I wasn't super impressed with it to be honest with you. Now again, I saw it. 
first time I saw it was probably on the NES or the Amiga. And I'd seen it in the arcade. Really, I was, I'm was i not a big hockey fan back then either, so it didn't do a ton for me. I actually probably appreciate it more now than I did back then, you know, because it's, uh, like I said, it plays a, it's a pretty fun game. It's simple. You know, it, it reminds me a little bit of the uh, early EA hockey games. It's the same sort of a feel to it. Uh, you know, this is a, it's more it's simpler even than those. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can you can still play and, and feel like you're having a good time. Yeah. What, what, yeah. What, what did you think of this one? I you know I've always liked Blades of Steel and Double Dribble. Um, I feel like I had more. I felt like there was there was a lot of assists that you get when you're shooting on goal. Like you don't really aim your shot as much as you just kind of skate up there and shoot it, and it kind of tries to put the shot where the goalie is. Well, I noticed your guy has sort of like a, a stance. It's, it's a pivotal stance. Yeah, he turns. And he's going to gonna shoot whichever way he's pivot. Right, but yeah. it's kind of hard to take all that in as you're playing. Yeah, and so I felt like a lot of times when I'm playing hockey games, I feel like I'm just blindly shooting at the at the goal and not being successful. Now I don't know if it's just because you're not very good um, that I was able to do it so well. Because when I played against the computer, I was not as not as good, but um, but I still felt like and yeah, I mean, you scored on me a couple times. We both had a pretty good time playing this game. It wasn't it wasn't the one sided affair like if somebody was a lot better at sensible soccer or something like that. I will say the one place I did uh, I did shine on on Blades of Steel was the fist fight. Mm-hmm, you did. I, I whooped your butt in you that did. one, and it's it's a real simple fist fight. You either basically. I think it's a right cross or an uppercut. Mm-hmm. Effect, effect. It's too bad you can't grab the guy's jersey. Oh, yeah. That pull it stick over and head. start waving yeah. on him. You know? <laughs> um, and what's interesting is in the NES version, I'm pretty sure if you lose the fight, you go to the penalty box. But in the Amiga version, they play it like real hockey. And if you, if you, well, real hockey doesn't really work like this, but it makes more sense that if you win the fight, you go to the penalty box. But uh, in real hockey, I believe both players probably go to the penalty box. I mean, it's funny. I, just as a side note, I used to go see uh, the uh, Kentucky, the Lexington team, the Kentucky Thoroughblades, mm. play. Uh, and I also saw the Huntington, uh, was it the Blizzards? Yeah, like Blizzards. I, mm-hmm. I saw them both play. You know, I, and watching hockey at home, I, I've never been a big fan of watching it that much. But, man, nothing beats hockey like in the arena. I love watching hockey. So much fun. Mm-hmm. And I would go to those Thoroughblades games, and they knew we were there for one thing. We didn't care if they won. There was going to be a, t- a throwdown, you know, and I wonder if it's like this on all major on minor league hockey's. I mean, it probably is, but man, I, I've been at so many games, at least four, where at the end of the game, every player on the t- team just threw their gloves off and just and just went to war. It was like it was like the movies, you know. I was just like this, like they, the whole team just it looked like a riot was going on, and just people are banging the boards. And I believe they lost all the games that they did that in. I had at least twice, and so maybe there was just this make you forget that they lost. Right. You know, <laughs> well, what, we lost. Let's give the crowd. What was that awesome hockey movie? Mighty what, Ducks. The, no, not the Mighty Ducks. You know what I'm talking about. They had the brothers. Of the um, what were those guys? You know what I'm talking about. Had the, who's the guy that has his own salad dressing? Paul Newman. Paul Newman was in it. Oh, what the hell? Butch was Cassidy it? and the Sundance no, Kid. No, you're just yanking my chain mm-hmm. now. What was the name of that? The, had the Hanson brothers. Oh, in it. it's like uh, it's something with an S at the end, right? Anyway, it's like it's, Slackers it's, or something like it's that. It's great. No, it's a hockey movie. Yeah, I know, but, I know, but it's, it's there something are people with an screaming S at, the end. at the computer right now, and I'm. It's one of those things where I'm having a dumb guy moment here. But uh, slap shot, slap shot. Thank you, it. Henrik, in the chat. Thank you, Josh. Save my butt, mm-hmm. Henrik. But <laughs> this ain't slap shot. But it's still. The ability to fight was something that I don't. I'm sure wasn't around before Blades of Steel. I, I had never. I remember when I, it was the novel thing about it. Is you could do that, and uh, both these games had a gimmick. You know, I always thought they were both basic games with 
a couple gimmicks. One of the gimmicks is speech. One of the gimmicks is cute little in-between period stuff. You know, the little flourishes mm-hmm. that everyone loves, including mm-hmm. me. You know, I'm a sucker for them. And then, in this one's case, it had the uh, it had the fight. And then Double Dribble had something else, which we'll get to. Um, Look at this. Yeah, that's the shootout. This- <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube right now, there's a shootout like none other that you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know... I don't know how to rank this. I don't think we've played any hockey games. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to rank this against something else when this is the first of the genre. So we'll have to down the road uh, do review another hockey game. I remember that. Really, I've not been a huge hockey guy, but I used to play that. There was the uh, EA had one for the Wii that I used to play. And I liked it because you actually used the stick like a hockey stick, mm-hmm. and it was so that. But I mean, that was another gimmick. I played a lot of NHL '94 on the Genesis. Oh yeah, and in uh, '64 uh, there was a really good hockey game that I played a lot too. And on PlayStation One, uh, these were popular games among my high school compatriots. Right. Um, so I, I played a lot of hockey games and Blades of Steel. While it's you know it's no NHL '94 for the 8-bit and 16-bit platforms, it's it's. I don't know. I mean, the Amiga could probably do better, but... That's that's my main yeah. gripe, and not so much even with this one as with Double Dribble, but, I mean, four years have gone by, and the this could have been done, and I mean, it could have been made more like the arcade, or just like the arcade if it wanted to. That much said, when it comes to games like this, I like them, and just like TV Sports Basketball, uh, I like them simple. I mean, that's so, for me, this was fun. I could go back to it just because it's just a simple game. You know, it'd be fun to get better at. There's not a lot to memorize a bunch of buttons. You know, I sound like an old guy now, but it's just the way I look at it. But you know, overall, I mean, our, clearly the arcade version has the has the edge. But I thought the Amiga hung pretty well with it. But then again, it should have it should have surpassed it. Frankly, a little bit sort of underwhelming, but still pretty fun, right. in my opinion. Right. Um, well, let's go ahead and move on to Double Dribble. Okay, Double Dribble, another. Uh, Conan. I mean, this is a uh, this is a classic. Which which one of these do you think uh, it would be um, considered more famous? I think that or we more longevity. I think that we disagree about okay. this because I think that you think that Blades of Steel is the game that stood the test of time I, for I, longer. And I do, I do. I I'm more willing to think that Amiga or that that um, the Double Dribble is the game that has more more panache. I like several aspects about Double Dribble more than um, than, than Blades of Steel. I like the way the option screen works. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, is, know, that is great. Um, I think that the game, you know, it just seems like it's a it's it's a more realistic depiction of the sport. Well, what do, what do you think? I don't know about that. It's hard. I, you know, I, I mean, it depends on what you're comparing it to. But I'm comparing it to Blades of Steel. I I will say this. Um, it much like Blades of Steel, it had it did something that I'd never seen before. Just like Blades of Steel had all the audio. This has some audio, but it has the big zoom in and this has got slam dunk. And you can't you can't deny the awesomeness of this um, of this introduction. This is summer games like when this the rabble runs to Konami <laughs> Stadium. You know, while the rabble are running in here, I wanted to mention I you know, I both these are Konami games, and so I thought, you know, let's Let's look up Konami and see what what we had here. So, as I mentioned, Konami had some games on the Amiga. This is every Konami game that was released for the Amiga. There's not that many. Uh, and it's some of these are strange to me. Back to the Future Part 3. Odd. Yeah. Yes. Batman Returns. Okay. All right. Um, Na- uh, Bill Elliott's NASCAR Challenge. Right. Blades of Steel, Castlevania. 
which we're probably going to do that as a full show one of these yeah, days. Yeah. Uh, Double Dribble, Super C, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, and Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles Coin Op. So those are, those are your Konami games. Now, Konami has a pretty rich history in the arcades. Uh, I mean, they, gosh, if you think about all the Konami stuff, all the shooters and stuff, I mean, they had a million games. So you would, I was kind of surprised that those were the only ones that got, you know, they got, got the nod. Uh, something else I didn't know about Konami. The name. Did you know what the, where they get the name for that? No. I thought it like, meant something in Japanese. I, I'm guessing that it's three words that are pressed into one. Well, you're right. Because actually. that's that's most Japanese. Like Namco, it's the same thing. And it was it's the, the three guys that started it, their first letters of their names. Oh, okay. Are, yeah, that's where, it's where they get it. Which, who knew that, right? I never, I never heard that before. So let's talk about Double Dribble, then. Double, Double Dribble was released in 90, uh, same year. Um... It was, uh, you know, I kept looking around to see who developed this, and no one seems to know. Uh, Maybe Konami developed it themselves? I don't know, but uh, no one, I couldn't find it anywhere listed. Of course, if you, if like Lumen Amiga doesn't have it, Hall of White didn't have it, you're in deep trouble. Then you're out through the looking glass, and so, but no one knew who developed it. So it's just one of those games, just a few of those. Uh, Two players max. And, it, of course, these, these games all ran on the original uh, chipset. Now, this one was also uh, out in the C64 and in the NES. And the PC had a version of this. Like I said, you know, this this was the game. This was the game that people wanted. In Japan, this was known as Exciting Basket. <laughs> That's an awesome name. I wish they'd kept that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they should have kept that one. Um, so, let's talk about this game. Well, right out of the gate, you've, heard, you, you've seen some of the gimmick stuff here. You've got your... Intro with the stadium. You've got the rabble running the stadium. You've got the they played. It was one of the first games that played the national anthem. Um, it also featured close up slam dunks. Whenever your guy got close to the, that doesn't mean you're going to make it. By the way, mm-hmm. as I as both determined, yeah. he he bricked my yeah, head. It's like them. clang shots yeah. off that. Um, it's a this is a much like the hockey game. This is a very mm-hmm. simple basketball game. Again, there's no licenses. Uh, you pick from a certain amount of teams, and you and you, uh, you know, you if you look if you're watching this, you can see the option screen there, which is very clever. You have a guy that just shoots the basket of the options. So the sound in this game, I'm just going to play a little bit of the sound so you can hear it. <laughs> it's bizarre. Oh, it's in the, it's in the arcade game that you get the crazy sound. Yeah, in okay. the arcade, we played we looked at both these just to compare and contrast. The Amiga, it's funny. This game, I will say this right away. The Amiga version of this game, I could control and play much, much better than I could play it in the arcade. And the main reason is, going back to the button situation, The uh, this game had, has one button, obviously, in the Amiga version. The arcade has three. It's got a pass, a shoot, and it's sort of a dribble. It's got a dribble button. And so I guess this double dribble. And so you have to hit this button. To, and let me tell you something. I couldn't get this down. I just can't. I'm like the doofus that goes out in the basketball court. He's hitting the ball off his foot. That's mm-hmm. the way I felt. Like, I was totally getting my butt kicked at this. Uh, now, but you dug it, didn't you? I loved it. Uh, we'll switch over to the uh, the arcade version of Double Dribble just so you can see um, just so you can see some of the difference. Uh, the I loved having the, the dribble button at the beginning of this game. Yeah, you actually have somebody singing the national anthem. It sounds like a, a 
like a dopey cartoon character. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely man on the street version of, of the national <laughs> anthem. Um, and then once the game begins, you're just you're it's incessant cricket sounds like the the feet squeaking on the seat. Yeah, let me play a little bit of this for you. Double dribble. Well, he just got called for double dribble. There it is. And so you're you're dealing with that. It's definitely a true to life basketball sound. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing these guys all walked through a bunch of rain before they got on the course. Right. So, um, but I mean, sprite wise, I think that there's much a much bigger difference between this game and Blades of Steel. Yes. I, um, this you this mean, this looks much better in the arcade than the Amiga version. It does. And if, and if you if you are watching, you, you're not. You can see the silence. This, if you remember a game called uh, uh, Arch Rivals. Which had uh, cheerleaders and little—I mean, it, it's all stereotypical basketball sideline stuff. But they, the, the, the cheerleaders out there look like the tiny little versions of the girls in that, and so do the managers. But you mm-hmm. can see the little cheerleaders, the little managers. And what's really interesting crowd. about this game is the size disparity between the players on the field. Like this is not just like sprite swaps of like eight of the same guys. There's really, really tiny guys. There's yeah. like giant guys. And you love it, right? I love it. Uh, the uh, again, this plays a. I, I, you know, it's funny. I could I could pass and shoot better in the Amiga version of this than I could in the arcade as well. I didn't. I, didn't, I just couldn't get the hang of the arcade version. It is a little tricky to have to because you're not used to when you're running down the court to have to actually press a button in time. And that know? and it makes it really tough to remember to hit your other buttons. Mm-hmm. And it was just driving me absolutely nuts. But uh, this is a lot like uh, Blades of Steel. The fact that you play just it's a basic, it's a basic basketball game. You're not calling any defenses. You're not doing anything crazy. You're just going down the court and playing your game. It's full court. Mm-hmm. Uh, you play all the way across, and uh, like I said, it looks good. The Amiga version um, is pretty faithful. I mean, for the most part, it's not again, it's not as pretty. Yeah. And therein lies my <laughs> number one complaint. The uh, this was also in 1990, and this happens to be the same year that TV Sports Basketball came out. Now, if you compare these games, if you put these up side by side, it looks like it looks like this game came out in '86, and it looks like TV Sports Basketball came out in '90. It's mm. a this there, it's sort of, you know, we read a lot of these magazine articles with the reviews where they kill these games and they're like, oh, this is so 1988 or this is so 1992, and we look back on it, it's like, man, they're killing these games, but that's the way I feel like I am right now. That game looks like it four years uh, old when in 1990. Uh, it's if they had done a perfect arcade conversion, and this goes for Blades of Steel as well. If they did a perfect arcade conversion. It still wouldn't look as good as most of the games on the Amiga did at that point, mm-hmm. you know. Now, yeah. if you're a big fan of Blades of Steel or Double Dribble, I know you are, and you really like that game style or whatever, then I could see you buying this thing. But really, they're so generic, and I mean that in the best way possible, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, there's no um, there's no wacky controls or there's no weirdness going on. They're just so generic that they don't really have their own style. Right? Does that make any sense? And so what you're what you end up with is something that looks old mm-hmm. and plays old. Yeah. And yeah. and I fully admit that you know the warm feelings that I have towards these games are just because of nostalgia. You know, they were the first basketball and hockey games that I ever played on a computer or a video game system. Right, right. Sure, I understand. And, um, I mean, I played a lot of Larry Bird vs. Dr. Jades. I feel the same way. And really in some ways that game aged better, I think than Double Dribble because it's unique and it, it it's uh it's there's it has its own style, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas these are just like sort of generic. I mean, I, you ever played Atari basketball? Oh yeah, You've got two players. Mm-hmm. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, 
that's a generic basketball game of its era. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't do anything special. Right. You know? And right. I feel the same way about double dribble. Now, when you moved up the line from double dribble to your, again, I'm going to use arch rivals or uh, run and gun, and these are jumping forward quite a bit. Those games really had a lot more going for them because they had a lot more hardware to work with. Uh, and they never got ported either, I might add. I mean, running gun, I don't think it got ported anything, mm. for example. But this was a, I can see why they did it. They had a name, they ported it over the Amiga. People liked the coin op conversion stuff, especially in Europe. But who knows how well they did. But looking back on them now, to release those games in 1990. It just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, they must have just really been able to do the ports quickly and uh, and just a quick quick money grab. I, I feel like it's a missed opportunity, to be honest with you. How many how many ports do we say that about? Almost all. Of them. I know, but this one, like, here's my thing: if you're going to release Double Dribble, for example, and or or Blades of Steel in 1990, you know, make them arcade perfect. Add some options. Put some extra teams in there. Put a tournament mode in there. Uh, stuff that a computer can do. Let you type in your full name. Mm-hmm. Let you name a team editor. Yeah. You know, those are things that you could do. They probably take minimal effort. Mm-hmm. They really wouldn't affect the overall gameplay, but you'd feel like you're getting something more for your money. Right. When, when you get though, when you look at them now, um, it just they're kind of a letdown. And I'm sure we'll review some other hockey now, game in the future. We'll have to see how it compares. Like I said, the only one I know about, so I don't know how to compare with anything else. All that said, would I rather play Double Dribble now than TV Sports Basketball? Yes. Uh, TV Sports Basketball looks really pretty, but it plays really slow. And if you like slow-moving sports games, then it's for you. But Double Dribble, the the action is fast and furious. I'll take TV Sports Basketball a hundred times over. You're a huge TV Sports fan. Well, I mean, even like Magic Johnson Basketball... uh, was I think is 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 uh, granted it's newer. But I think it's better too. It just looks better. It looks more. It looks more up to date for the year it was released. I'm not exactly. I think it was like '92. Uh, just double dribble. Just it's just really generic. Uh, despite the fact that they put a lot of flourishes, like I said in the arcade. It I'm is. I, I, I you won't you won't find any argument for me. Now that all, look really generic. all that aside, do I have fun throwing down on some double dribble or or yes. So, I mean, I'm not saying they're garbage by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying the lasting power wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And and, and I, I, which one do you prefer, Double Dribble, I guess, of the two? I think I do just because I feel like I can... I feel like I have more control over what's going on on the court than on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoy both of them. It, I don't enjoy Double Dribble a whole lot more. I'd probably give it the outside edge, just like I'd give any basketball game an outside edge over a hockey game. Just you're video more, game more, You're more of a basketball guy. Yeah, and not not in real life. You know, I'd rather watch hockey than watch basketball. But I just feel like there's a lot more stuff that you can do in a basketball game. You can dunk and all that stuff. NBA Jam, perfect example. You know, which is that now that's a game of a whole, of a whole different level. Which is, and I don't think you're not going to get hear a bad word from me about it. I was a big fan of all these games. Let me ask you real quick the. Uh, the cutaway to the slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Does it add to the game? Oh, I think it does. I, I mean, mean, but it's it is purely a gimmick. It's the only thing that makes it from being totally generic. You're right, and that's. I mean, I think there were some other games that sort of tried that, like last second sort mm-hmm. of like picture thing. I'm trying well, to, yeah, there's like Techno Super Bowl on the NES yes. did that. 
um, in Tecmo NBA basketball, a lot of the Tecmo games, they kind of took the mantle. I don't know why Konami stopped. I think these are the last two sports games that they released. They released some updated versions. Did of they? Okay. I read that there was a release of Double Dribble, a, a mobile iOS version, like 2010, I really? believe it was. So, huh. Yeah, believe it or not. I mean, it was an updated, you know, blah, blah, blah. But who knows what they did to it. And they probably just took the name. But someone thought enough of it to use the name again. So. Yeah, yeah. And these games are looked on fondly, but mostly by the NES crowd. You don't mm-hmm. hear much about them computer-wise. And I read a lot of reviews. In fact, I read some reviews for both these games, and there were very few. Um, the uh, Double Dribble, I only found one review, <laughs> and it was... Uh, and it was like, uh, let me see if I can find it here. It was like three out of four. It was a real weird rating system. Um, it's that, you know, it, it just, it got more reviews from a broad scale from the NES version, but the actual, the actual Amiga version, I don't know, they just didn't get covered that much. What do you think, what do you think that would be, Boat? Is this because there's a mostly American style sports or? I think so. I think that it, by the, I think that, uh, Amiga fans were looking for something different. Right. Uh, I, I really think that a lot of Amiga people were not really big sports game people. You know, aside from Sensible and stuff like that. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, think about, um, you know, baseball. Like, there's not much appeal in baseball games outside of this country anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this game picked up a 3 out of 5. I read the blurb that this came from the magazine, and it was just like... Eh, it's okay. I mean, it's very, very much so, what we wrote. How many, how many basketball games are there for the Amiga? Period. I know of the, I know of the three. This one, the I like the Magic Johnson one and the uh, uh, TV Sports. Well, I'll tell you what. The Lemon Amiga lists six basketball games. Okay. For the now, these might just there might be other ones because I know one on one isn't listed here. They might just not have basketball listed right. in the title. But there's I forgot one on one. Duh, we just talked about it. TV sports, yeah. Street sports basketball, yeah. I remember, I remember that one. Uh, Magic Johnson, something yes. called Omniplay basketball, and then Future basketball, one. which Ooh, is sure to be Future basketball. Yeah. We gotta look into that one, yeah. So there, there's not a whole look lot of hockey. games. Let me you get. Let me let me look real quick one more time. Okay, now that I've done this correctly, my search correctly, it looks like that there are eleven. So that's not that's not a bad yeah. one. Eleven basketball see, games. See how many hockey games are released. Okay. While we're looking that up, a Blades of Steel, just for the record, I found one review of it, and it was it was uh, reviewed by Amiga Joker, the oppressive killer of games, <laughs> and they got a whopping thirty three percent. So not so good. That's a goodly amount of hockey games listed. Yeah, there. so there's 14 ice hockey games, and they all like looking at them from afar. They all look like the same game when you look at the thumbnail or, yeah, or, or <laughs> turned up sideways. Right. Oh, before I forget, eBay. Mm, I yeah. looked these up on eBay. Um, I did believe it or not, I found two copies of Blades of Steel for the Amiga currently available, both from Germany and both from I'm certain the same guy. One of them is sealed. Really? Yeah. If you want that one, he's taking the best offer of but he's got listed 222 bucks. Not counting shipping. Boy. And if you want the loose box version, he he'll take 133 bucks for that one. Well, I'm sure he will. I'll take offer. it too if I had uh, now, so but I mean, I guess they're pretty rare. I did a search for the last like 60 days, nothing. And then as for double dribble, squadoosh, mm. zero, nothing. There is nothing listed for it, and nothing's been sold within the last 60 days. So, uh, if you got a copy of Double Dribble, I don't know. I would say hold on to it, but I'm not sure. 
I'm going to guess those were both uh, released in the States, and I assume they were, we know they were released overseas. So that might be why they're so rare. Maybe no one over there bought them, and people over here didn't care. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Well, I feel like we've we've uh, we've done our part to, to spread the good news of the Konami sports games. So. Yeah. We, we next time we look at Konami, I think we'll get to more of their traditional titles. Yeah. 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 Um, but it isn't. I'll tell you one thing that this episode has done is it's made me want to look at some other sports titles in these genres. You know, look at another basketball game. Look at another hockey game. We need to look at that. another golf game. <laughs> what? It, ha- uh, it hasn't left my mind from episode 100. We've got to find some more golf. All right, all right. So there's lots more to come. Um, for next week, Aaron, um, what do you think about doing? Have you heard of a game called Seek and Destroy? Nope. What do you think about doing Seek and Destroy next week? <laughs> I've got to ask, but having, having uh, received marching orders to do Jaws... Where did you see this game at? Well, this was a Paul Harrington suggestion, and it looks like a top-down shooter, something right, right up your okay. alley. Okay, I trust Harrington. Okay, yeah. okay, we'll do it. We'll so, do it. Seek and destroy. Seek and destroy for next week. Uh, but before we get out of here, of course, we can't go anywhere without thanking all the fine folks that make Amigos possible, mm. including the Amigos Brain Trust, uh, Brutal Dreamcatcher Gary, Jason, Will, Chris, and Neil. Um, our hosting provider, your brother. Um, Don't thank him. And uh, and we'll, especially our awesome, awesome Patreon supporters. Yes. So yes. we got we got some new ones. We got oh, okay. Adam Battersby, Duncan Styles. It's hard to read through my uh, Duncan Styles. Here. We'll cover you with them. T H T T H T. Dreamcatcher John Marshall, Adam Bradley, Darren Coles. Neil Mansell, he sounds like an F1 driver. Have you That's ever right. thought, isn't there a Neil, an F1 driver, something Mansell? I don't Just know. Just keep reading, Goofy. Um, Brutal Barracuda, Alan Kebab, David McCrandles, Gary Hucker, Will Williams, Ravi from the Retro Hour, Ravi Abbott, Kim Tommy Humperstad. Love it. Josh Nan, Jason Warns, Amigos Lab, Wunderkind, Lane, Eric Nelson from California, Graham Vebke. Love you. Thank you thank for you all again, the stuff Graham. again, Graham. Thank you about the coasters here. Uh, Paul Harrington, who uh, suggested the, the topic. Rob O'Hara, Flack, Laurent Giroux, Google Plus aficionado. Jonas Rulo, <laughs> purveyor of fine magnets from Hawaii that everyone wanted. And mugs. Yes. No, that's brutal. I told you that last oh, time. Oh, that's too. right. That yelling every time. Kill Bjorn Barman. Adam Bradley. Tapes from the Crypt, Chris Folds, Daniel Bingston, Chad Halstead, and Brent Dowdy. Hey, quick, who am I? Your wacky waving inflatable arm no, flailing tube man. You're the used boat salesman That's right. Mikey Island. That's right. Well, folks, join us next week for Seek and Destroy. It's going to be a great time. Until <laughs> we, hope. we hope. Until then, <laughs> adios. adios.